Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. Um, and so, yes. So, uh, <laughs> let's hear a little bit about what it's going to be on before we dive into a little bit of other convo about our week. So, what yeah. what are we going to be talking about? So, we're going to be talking about occupational future time perspective, which is basically a fancy term for how people perceive their future in work. So are they going to be staying at work for a while, like in terms of their life? Like, are they going to be stay? Are they getting close to retirement? Do they have a lot of time left before retirement or thinking about retirement? And also like how focused they are on opportunities for new goals and new work related situations and opportunities. So it has to do with aging is really what this comes into play. It looks to see how this perspective on your future at work impacts things like wellness and engagement um, and performance. So lots of really interesting things in this study. It's kind of a topic we haven't touched on before is looking at an older workforce or individuals that are maybe later in their careers. So specifically, so it's kind of fun, interesting. Yeah, that's super awesome. I'm very excited to hear more about that because um, obviously we know that perspective matters a lot when you're uh, predicting how your life goes. So I'll be curious mm-hmm. to hear how it plays a role here. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And uh, I know we're not old by any stretch, but obviously everybody is aging, right? So it's yeah. kind of an interesting thing to think about from a personal perspective because we're kind of getting towards the middle of our careers. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how this all plays out long term because we're getting older every second well it's interesting how people's perceptions change over time like that's yeah you know now in my 30s I think about like the things I thought about in my 20s and I'm like whoa that's a very different mindset but if you don't actually take that moment to like take that perspective and think about what you used to be thinking about and caring about Mm -hmm. versus what you are today and maybe what you will be in the future you know I think you can be I mean, we've talked about this before with how I feel about people being mean to millennials and now Gen Zers. Um, yeah. You're just like forgetting that you were in a different place and it's totally normal for your perspectives to change. Yeah. You think that you always thought the same way that you do right now. And the reality is that your way of thinking has actually morphed over time and you may have shared some of the same sort of ways of thinking that the people that you think are being like too idealistic or don't have the skill set or whatever, but you just forget that people might've thought that about you. So yeah, totally. Um, I'll be very curious to hear about it. Sweet. Well, um, (laughs) before we dive into that, um, what has been going on with you since the last time we talked? Oh goodness. Um, Personally, not a ton. We went on Sunday, actually, to see my sister because she just got a new puppy. So we went to meet my little nephew. His name is Moose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moose is is such a cute name. I know. Well, he has like these giant ears. I actually don't think I've shown you a picture, have I? I'll have to send you a picture. I would like to see Moose. He has these massive ears. And I don't know why that makes... I mean... I guess a moose has big ears, but they also, it's just like almost like an antlers at the top of his head, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a really cute name. I love that they named him Moose. It is um, cute. So yeah, we got to meet him. He's, he's a funny dude. That's uh, nice. Is he a puppy or is he? Yes. 
Oh, yeah. cute. He's four months old. So oh, nice. Pretty young. Um, I'm going to send you a picture now just because I feel like we're talking about it and I'm going to forget later. Um, but he is really, really stinking cute. Really stinking cute. That's He's nice. going to be like, I mean, he's like 10 pounds now. Um, yeah. So I'm sure he's not going to be super huge, but not a teeny, teeny dog either. So yeah, a good little mix. A good mix. That's of, awesome. Well, I'm glad that you got to meet a new dog friend. Yeah. Um, would Nittany get along with a little dog friend? Um, she's not done well with dogs in the past. Not that she's really <laughs> like, had like no. A ton of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she hasn't had a ton of interaction with with dogs, so that's it's hard to tell. Um, she gets stressed out by a lot of like other animals sometimes well okay it's a couple things she gets very jealous I think I've talked about this before like when I'm when she's at my parents house and they have cats and I like pet one of the other cats she gets upset and then like goes and beats up that cat and it's like a whole thing um and with dogs the only times that she's ever interacted it's like the dogs get too excited like they want to play right they're dogs so they're just like ah and they run at her and she is not having it so she's smacked dogs before um <laughs> so I feel like that's the dog in smacker. Case. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But uh I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell cuz I've never like had her acclimate to a dog. Um cuz there's like a whole process you're supposed to take so that oh, they don't yeah. like hate each other right away. Right. So I've never had like a dog around her long enough to like do that acclimation process. So I've only had her interact with a dog where the dog just ran at her and she smacked it and then they picked up the dog and everything was fine, you know. Yes. I uh, I think that if you went through the process, probably the knit new would be very nice, but maybe not right off the bat. Yeah. Well, if the dog wanted to cuddle with me, I think that would be the problem because she does like, honestly, she gets really jealous, Yeah, um, which I know sounds so silly, but it's true. She does. So I think that might be a bigger issue. And I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Moose figure it out. Thanksgiving. And- oh, that will be an interesting situation. She, Moose got the invite. What's really funny is Nittany came right over now staring at me as I'm talking about this. She's like, <laughs> do not bring a dog friend around. I am not having it. <laughs> She's like, I will not be happy. I hear it and I am already mad. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean Moose is coming to Thanksgiving? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so that was a fun part of the weekend. What about you? Yeah. Anything exciting? Um, this weekend I went to, um, dinner. Actually, Brendan and I went to dinner at that place, Daikaya, that you and I went, mm, um, yum. on Friday. That place is good. Um, so we had a nice dinner there. There wasn't a super drunk man there. Like there was when we went together, which was that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. When we went together for everyone who's listening, there was this man who was like so drunk at the table next to us that he was like spilling drinks and he ordered like. 87 grilled avocados 
I mean, he, I think that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. It was so many. <laughs> he was like, I was like, are they going to run out of avocados soon? Like, he was like, bro, on? I'll take another grilled avocado, bro. Bro. Uh, I'll have another one of those avocados, <laughs> bro. Oh, it was terrible. It was crazy. And the best was when the waiter was like, you already put it in order. It hasn't come out yet. He'd be like, I still want another one. And yeah. Like, are you sure? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> so he just kept ordering them even when there were already some out. So. So yeah, like literally <laughs> you don't have the one that you ordered yet. Are you sure <laughs> you want another one on top of the one that you don't already have? Like that was <laughs> so crazy. It was um, so funny. Oh. Yeah, so it wasn't quite as uh, uh, eventful this time. But we did that. And then on uh, Saturday, I went up uh, and hung out with my brother for a little while in Philly. I took the train up and we hung out for a little while. And then I took the train back. And then... Yesterday, I just chilled. Nice. Yeah. Chilling is good. Yeah. yeah. I saw the picture your brother took on Instagram. It was so, so cute. So cute. <laughs> yeah, it was in his apartment. Somebody was saying, um, because like I had the couch pillow on my legs. They were like, why is your sister like melting into the couch? Because it was just like, <laughs> it was just like complete like couch pattern all over me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, we're just getting comfortable. That's all. Yes, very true. I know. They were like, I don't understand what is happening. Why is your sister melting into the couch? <laughs> so that uh, made me laugh. That funny. made me laugh. Um, but yeah, so everything's good. And now I am curious to learn more about this topic that you're going to be talking about today. So let me tell you all the things. Yes, I would like to. I would like to know all the things. Good. Well, you will know them. So <laughs> first, I'll start with the name of the article. Um, and all the good thing details there. So occupational future time perspective, a meta analysis of antecedents and outcomes. It was written by Rudolph Koij, Ravola and Zacher in 2018 in the journal of organizational behavior. So pretty recent article and another meta analysis. I feel like we're on a, uh, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. We're on a like, tear. Oh, Yes. We're on a tear. Of meta-analyses. We're doing a lot of them recently. I don't know why. I mean, they're great, but well, yeah. they're awesome. But I don't know how that just randomly happened because I feel like every Maybe there's just a lot of good there. of them coming out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's like the year of meta-analyses or something. It's or the year of years. the meta-analysis and the dorky <laughs> Chinese calendar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the next you're going to bring? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Turns so into another exciting. dorky like stats thing that it could be. The <laughs> year of the, the structural equation model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. oh man. This is, so this is when everyone is stopping listening. They're, they're like, like, pause, done. please. I don't even know what they're saying anymore. This I'll is never stupid. listen to you again. <laughs> yeah. Well, oops. It's dorky. But oops, it's oops. important. Uh, yes. Well, not the the weird dork Chinese years, but the... Well, that's important, too. <laughs> but <laughs> meta-analysis is important. I um, agree. So, meta-analysis, again, this is like a study of studies, and there were 40 different um, study samples in this meta-analysis, with a total of 19,112 participants across all the studies. So, that's the thing about meta-analysis is these are huge sample sizes um, and a lot of data that you can look at to try to understand the relationships between the different variables as well as you can. So super exciting, super interesting. Um, 
I want to define what occupational future time perspective is since again it's like a long fancy term and honestly throughout the entire article it was called FTP F no OFTP OFTP why am I okay. not able to say that um <laughs> they just put the initial it's basically just an acronym but I for some reason I cannot say it um and so I even always forget what it's called because I just, in my head, I see OFTP. I don't see the term. <laughs> so I have to like keep reminding myself, <laughs> what does that stand for again? Um, yes, occupational future time perspective. So it is an individual's perceptions of their future in the employment context. So it's made up of two different dimensions. Um, so there's perceived remaining time which is basically a person's perceptions of the amount of future time that they have um, or they expect to have in employment. So how long they perceive that they're going to be working. So if you're in your 30s, you might think you'll be working 30 more years, 20 more years, whatever that looks like. If you're in your 60s, you might be working five more years. So it's mm -hmm. really just like your perception of how much time you have. It may not even be like a like I'm actively thinking 30 years. I just think I have a lot of time left or a little bit of time left. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's one dimension. The second yes. dimension is focus on opportunities. So that is about a person's perceptions of new work-related goals, possibilities, and opportunities that are foreseen in the future. So it's kind of like a future focus that I think that I'm going to have some new cool goals coming up. I might get a new job, a new promotion, a new some sort of opportunity or growth in my career um, that I can focus on and I see happening. Mm -hmm. um, that is also related to age because as people tend to get later in their careers, they may be focused less on that career progression because they're, mm -hmm. kind of getting, they're, they're related, right? If I'm starting to right. see that I have less time, I might be thinking less about the future opportunities I have. Yeah, totally. So it's kind of like the idea of how much do I foresee myself continuing to work like what's my horizon and then also do I still view myself as having progress to make those are mm -hmm. the two um so it's kind of like length of time and mobility almost yes definitely okay. cool no you got it um and really the what the literature has shown up until this meta-analysis, which this meta-analysis supports, um, is that having high levels of occupational future time perspective um, in older workers can be used as an indicator of successfully aging at work. So when people have high levels of this, like they feel like they, ha they still have a good amount of time, they still see opportunities for growth, they tend to be healthier, they have higher well-being, they're more satisfied in their jobs and they tend to perform better. So those are like the three key things hmm. that happen if you have these this occupational future time perspective. Cool. So why do they believe that this is related to these outcomes? It's a good question. Um, so there's a couple of things that they looked at in this specific meta-analysis to show what leads to or yeah, what leads to occupational future time perspective, what makes mm -hmm. that change be higher yeah. or lower, yeah. and then how that then relates to these outcomes, right? Cool. So the things that make, that impact your occupational future time perspective are things like age, like we talked about. So generally, the older you get, the less um, time you perceive you're going to have left in the workplace, and the less focused you might be on those new 
work-related opportunities. Job tenure is also related. So if you've been in, the, been in a job for a very long time, the same job, then you might start feeling less of these things because you might start thinking that, oh, well, you know, I have nothing left in this job. I'm ready to get out of it. Same with organizational tenure, which is interesting. So the longer you are in a company, you mm-hmm. typically have less of this occupational future time perspective, hmm. um, which I, I found interesting. They, you know, talked a little bit about it. They didn't get into a ton of depth um, as to why that might be. But, you know, the types of things I'm thinking about is if you've been in a company for a very long time and maybe you just got comfortable, so you're not really thinking about your future opportunities or any of those types of things as much because you might just have kind of stagnated. Right, um, right. Versus being you know, a little more mobile in your career, you may not have got reached that point yet. Yeah. Or like if you're, if you've recently made a career move, maybe you're still thinking about your career progression more. Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's like also could be the other way around. Like the reason that you've recently moved is because you're still in that mindset or something. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense actually. Um, it could be kind of both. Education is also related to occupational future time perspective which is another interesting one so the more education you have the more likely you are to see um, a longer future in work and you're more focused on those opportunities and that to me makes some sense right like if you Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time in school you're probably gonna spend more time in the workplace or think about those opportunities because you've invested a lot so you're gonna want to get more out of it totally Um, so that makes sense to me also Self-rated physical health is another one that's related. So the healthier person feels, they're more likely to feel like they've got more time. So that okay. this is the part where it gets a little complicated in terms of age. So if you're really old, let's say you're kind of told towards the end of your work, um, work life, right? Mm-hmm. You might feel differently depending on how healthy you are so if you're super healthy Mm. you're feeling really good physically you're more likely to think about the future think about future opportunities within the workplace and think that you're going to be there for a little bit longer than somebody that's maybe less healthy Mm -hmm. um which i think makes a lot of sense if you're less healthy physically like we know that's obviously related to a lot of negative things and you might think well i want to get out of the workplace sooner because i don't feel like i can keep doing this i don't feel up to it but if you're healthy you would feel more up to it right that makes sense that totally makes sense i think um you know if you are feeling like you might need to wind down for health related reasons. Like, you know, sometimes as people go through their careers, they might have health scares or ongoing things that they're managing. And so it makes sense to me that if you feel more healthy, you would, you know, see some more run. Exactly. Exactly. So those are the, the things that are a little bit more personal, like Mm -hmm. individually related in terms of the job. um, What's really interesting is People that have complex jobs, so have high job complexity and high job autonomy, are more likely to have high occupational future time perspective. Mm. So in other words, if my job is really interesting, there's a lot of complexity, lots of things for me to figure out. It's not like a very rote job with just basic Mm -hmm. tasks. Um, And if I have a lot of flexibility to do my job the way I want to do it, I have that autonomy. which we talk about a lot and how important autonomy is for well-being, both of those things make you feel like you have more time at work, 
um, and you are focused on those opportunities. So it's kind of interesting. It's like just having a, I guess maybe a fulfilling job is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that could be the case and probably, you know, if you, it probably contributes to that feeling of like, I don't have much else to do here or I don't see a lot of progression for myself. If you're in a job that you feel is just like sort of stagnant or you're, you've already mastered it. You're not really learning new things. You're not really seeing like that progression. So it makes sense to me that you would then feel, okay, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I would be planning to stick around much longer here. Whereas if you are seeing yourself as having uh, you know, more engaging job, then you would want to stick around and do it longer. I mean, even if you're not at the, you know, towards the end of your career, people want to stay in jobs longer that are more interesting, and exciting. So I guess it's sort of similar um, yeah. here too. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Like, you know, if you're feeling really engaged by your job, if you're like, interested in the, the complexity of it if you're interested because you're able to have control over your job you probably aren't looking for to get out of your employment to start retiring or thinking about that if you've got some cool things that you're doing that you're enjoying and that you're you know you feel a challenge people like totally. that and totally. so it makes sense that you might think okay well I can stay employed a little bit longer because why would I stop what doing something that is cool right um yeah so I think that makes a lot of sense. I was going to say like even sometimes people will like stay in jobs that they find really meaningful and like switch around some of the activities that they're doing. So like maybe you've been in your job for a while and you have like the tasks down. But if you have the ability to engage in other things that you think are interesting, like you can like mentor people or you can like give back or you can advise or like things like that. I feel like people then can like turn the job into something more engaging even if that wasn't maybe always the exact job it was so if you have like that ability to like find those engaging pieces in a way that you know is unique like that probably also contributes to that engaging perspective and like I I'm just saying that like anecdotally from people that I know that are later in their career even if their job role doesn't change kind of because they're like an OG at their job they sort of like <laughs> switch you know gears a little bit and even though they're in the same role they start doing more like mentoring or coaching or advising and uh that makes their job role like more engaging and interesting and makes them think like okay maybe I could stick around here because I'm still needed I'm still contributing but I'm able to do stuff that I actually like yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean I think that that's the important piece here right is this is around how to how do people stay engaged at work even as they're getting towards the exit of their career yeah. and having that that job change maybe like you said or feeling needed and 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 respected and being able to advise and being able to do have control over your job and life like makes a lot of sense that that would make you want to stay longer because could you imagine mm -hmm. like if you're i mean i think it's frustrating when you're in your 20s and someone is breathing over your shoulder to 
uh, make sure that you're doing everything properly. Imagine when right. you're like in your 60s. Like that's at that point, you're like, I have been around the block multiple right. times. I know Why how to do this. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So right. I feel like it'd be so much more frustrating in that situation that it makes a lot of sense to me that if you have that autonomy, it's so much, it's important always, but I feel like it'd be so much more important in that situation because I can't even imagine yeah. as you get more and more skilled and experienced in your job, having somebody really pay such tiny attention to everything you do is just, would yeah, be would be annoying. Yes. Ugh. Agreed. Awful. No but fun. Why this is all important is what I was talking about earlier. So, you know, there's a lot of things that impact whether or not somebody has a high occupational future time perspective. So sees um, the future of themselves and their work. Mm-hmm. Those things, but having that high perspective leads to really positive things. So this is why it's really important to think about. Um, so if you have high occupational future time perspective, you are more engaged in your job. You're more satisfied in your job. You're more likely to want to continue in your job. And you have achievement motivation. So you're basically motivated to actually reach goals and you're really excited and um, want to do that. Mm -hmm. You're also less emotionally exhausted Hmm. and you perform better. Hmm. So it's like win, 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 win all over. Right. Yeah. It's crazy to me that I've like, I've not know. I didn't know much about this term before. And I feel like it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I would assume that people are feeling better because they feel maybe that they are still valuable in the workforce or that they feel like they are still making progress or they're still feeling like they have a kind of a place in the workforce. Is that kind of one of the reasons why it might link? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely one of the reasons why. I mean, I think there's a lot that this still needs to be done to Mm -hmm. understand um, in more depth, like why it matters so much. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it does and the fact that we know some of the things that lead to it is helpful because mm-hmm. we know that, like we talked about the job complexity and job autonomy, right? So employers and managers um, can be very aware that, okay, as people progress in their career, we need to make sure their jobs are complex. We need to make sure that they have that autonomy that they need in the job because as they're continuing to progress in their career, we want to improve this occupational future time perspective so that they mm-hmm. continue to perform well at work, right? Yeah. As a, an employer, that's all, like, that's not all you care about, but that is one of the main things you care about. So you don't want your aging population to like stop performing or not be motivated to achieve their goals. And you want them to be engaged in their job. So you need that population as they're aging and maybe as they're starting to see less of a future within the uh, company or within their employment, um, you still need them. So you need to figure out ways to keep them engaged and motivated. And one of them is simply making their jobs cooler (laughs) make them more complex and autonomous yeah absolutely yeah and uh you know allowing people to maybe be more being more transparent with the fact that you want them around or that they're still needed or that you see there being some kind of a path for them to continue contributing and like um yeah like being being able to sort of have input into that path but also like we want you to know that we still see the value of having you here so that people aren't just assuming that folks are not aware that they're bringing value or that they're like 
threatened by, you know, incoming people that are, you know, entering the company or younger and might have been in school more recently and uh, maybe they see that as intimidating or something like that and they're kind of planning their own exit when the people around them might not actually be viewing it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, negative stereotypes and perceptions when it comes to age. I mean, that's why age is a protected class, right? Legally, you mm-hmm. can't discriminate um, because I think there's like all this baggage around it for some reason. Yeah. Um, but to your point, if companies, I mean, we do value people that have been in a company and have a lot of experience, of course. Like, if you don't, then you're doing things wrong because mm-hmm. they have a different perspective that's really important. They have, they've gone through a lot of different things in their careers that younger people haven't. So then you can learn from their experiences. So maybe mm-hmm. you don't have to make the same mistakes, right? You can be do things differently based on what they've learned. So, you know, everything we talked about mentoring before and things like that all tie in here. So it's really important to keep these individuals engaged on the job. So not only are they performing well, but they're able to contribute their knowledge and their experience to the workplace. And I think that goes back to the focus on opportunities piece. So if an employer and a manager are very vocal about the fact that they see a career for these individuals at that organization, you know, if they see that, okay, yeah, maybe you're approaching 60, but we want you to stay as long as you want to, because we see your value. We see ways that we could grow your career even further. Then people are going to be focusing on those opportunities and their overall occupational future time perspective will increase too. So there's a lot of things. I mean, I think the the research here shows that job complexity and job autonomy piece. But I think just based on the way this is all defined, it makes a lot of sense that if you just show people these opportunities, that's going to make a big impact. Yeah. And like to your point about it being a protected class, like not making assumptions that I think it could also be like a chicken and egg situation, right? Like people start assuming like, oh, I bet because this person is uh, getting towards what might be the age that people think about wrapping up their careers that you assume that they're not interested in learning new things or taking on more complex tasks or like being a part of these more high level uh, conversations uh, about like shuffling people around or maybe they're not interested in these other opportunities so it might also be where people are sort of assuming that that's not what people are interested in so they're not being exposed to that which makes their job more boring and less complex and they feel like you know kind of less motivated as a result and so you know you end up losing talent that you wouldn't need to lose and institutional knowledge too because older workers have so much institutional knowledge, especially if they've been with the company for a while, um, that, you know, you can really learn from past ways that people have gone about things. You know, every time new people join a company, it's great because you get a fresh perspective, but sometimes they can make suggestions about we should do it this way or we should do it that way. And it's not a bad suggestion, but it's important to know like, hey, we tried that once here's why it didn't work or it did work, but here was a caveat that we learned and we'd have to just like think about that. So that all that institutional knowledge can be really important for decision-making and dialogue. Um, So continuing to include people and, and, you know, allowing them to share that kind of expertise, I think could be really important instead of just this kind of making those assumptions that, Oh, maybe they don't want to be a part of it, which then adds to the problem. Agreed. 
mean, everything yeah. you said, I totally agree with it. I think we just need to let people tell you if they're going to retire and don't right. make the decision for them and right. treat them just like you would treat any other person in the workplace. And if you see potential for them to get promoted or to move to a different department or whatever, don't assume that they don't want that just because they're maybe um, getting towards the end of their career. Maybe they want to spend a couple of years somewhere else or maybe they want to, they, maybe they don't want to retire. I feel like there's people that don't want to retire and they might right. work until their later years as long as they're physically able, you know, and that's where the health piece comes into play. I think another thing employers can focus on is health. Like we talk about everything around wellness and well-being. Yeah. And we talk about mental wellness, but we also talk about physical wellness and that really is important here because it's all about physical health is related to people's perspectives in the future. And this applies to any age, right? If you are not doing so well in your 40s, you're probably going to be performing less and you might think you might have to exit the workforce earlier than you'd like because you have health issues. And some of those are not preventable, but some are. And employers can really make sure that they're helping their employees manage their health with obviously things like healthcare and leave opportunities, things like that, but also being flexible and giving people autonomy to go to a doctor's appointment or, um, you know, making people not feel anxious that they have to leave because of things like that or, um, you know, providing them with programs to, to help manage their health if they need it. I mean, there's so many different things you could do to try to impact people's physical health too. And so I think that's something employers should focus on for all of their employees, but in this situation, in this topic, really focusing on those, the the aging population, because the longer they stay healthy, the more likely they could stay around and give you that institutional knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because, you know, all of the, you know, various health related benefits of working in a workplace that actually like long-term um, cares about the well-being of its employees. You can see that at the, you know, over the course of people's careers, but also like a lot of the longitudinal health studies that have to do with well-being at work, like ongoing stressors, um, show that it's not like in the moment you're stressed out by your job and you're having a heart attack. It's like you've been stressed by your job for 15 years and then you have a heart attack, you know? So like mm-hmm. you're investing in people now that are going to become an aging workforce over time that you want to make sure that you're taking care of. And you also want to continue to be able to take care of people so that they feel ready to tackle challenges that, you know, just onset naturally with age um, that might occur regardless of what kind of work environment you have, um, that people feel comfortable and confident that they can continue their careers from that perspective because they do have a lot to offer. Um, So yeah, like taking care of people's well-being over time creates a healthier workforce that's able to work longer. And then when people get to the age that maybe traditionally people would think that they don't have as much will to continue to work like not making those assumptions and continuing to create uh you know opportunities for people to use their knowledge and expertise allowing them to continue to work in engaging ways can help you to garner all these positive benefits like you talked about um not just for the employees but also the employer benefits from that as well Mm -hmm. yeah and i think I mean, there's so many things the employer and managers can do, right, in terms of everything we just talked about with making the job more interesting, voicing the opportunities that people have, helping people maintain their health. Um, So hopefully if you're listening and you have that power, 
do it. And then if you don't, if you're an employee, if you're an individual level contributor, I mean, there's some takeaways for you here too, right? You can focus on your own physical health. Like you're listening to this podcast. Clearly you're concerned about wellness at work. So continuing that focus, making sure you're taking care of yourself. And then also trying to find those jobs where you have um, good managers that aren't micromanaging you every five seconds and you have some autonomy and you have some complexity. Maybe you can't find it right now. Maybe you um, are, you know, kind of stuck in a position right now. You don't have that flexibility, but thinking long-term over your career as you're continuing to advance, looking for that will help you overall over your career to maintain that future time perspective that can help you um, really garner the, the benefits of performing well, reducing exhaustion, being engaged, all those good things. Um, So I think that those things are possible from an individual perspective too. Yeah. And probably just being aware that, you know, if you don't think about where your career is going as you start to, you know, get older or you're not focused on thinking about positioning yourself in a way that you could continue growing and learning and taking those opportunities that it does have an impact on your well-being like I think that's also important like knowing like oh if I shift my mindset that can have an impact on you know my own outcomes in the workplace being more conscious about it for some people might also be helpful in just like you know what, maybe I am going to sit down and try to create a plan for myself of what I do want to keep doing. Um, Maybe I want to work with, you know, my peers or whoever I report to, to try to create some more of that career that I want to see. And also thinking about like, you know, maybe I haven't been conscious about really thinking about how many years I have left. And I'd like to have more years than maybe I was thinking or you know if I set a longer timeline for myself and then be proactive about thinking about what that timeline would look like I might be able to also like shift my mindset and just be more intentional about how I'm aging in the workplace I think that's such a great point and I love that you brought that up what's really funny is I was looking at my notes as you were talking and my last sentence of takeaways is focus on opportunities to help keep your own occupational future time perspective high <laughs> so yeah. I like literally wrote down what you just said that's awesome. really funny but um I think it's I think it's important I think if you focus on the opportunities and think about your career in that way you can have these benefits yourself, right? You are going to change your perspective. This is all about perspective. You mentioned Katina right up front, that perspective is so important and you can control your perspective. You can change your mindset and focus in on what makes the most sense for you. And here, what would make the most sense is just thinking through what opportunities do you want? What does your future hold for you and how can you make that happen? Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, I'm glad I got to talk to you about this topic. I think it's yeah very interesting. And as I was saying, like earlier, everyone's aging. You know, I know we're not old, but we're definitely moving through our career. And I think it's good for us to get this reminder and make sure we're focusing on on those opportunities too. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I agree. I'm going to try to be more intentional as time moves on and thinking about how much more time do I have left what do I want to do with that time and trying to you know also make sure that I'm not making those assumptions about other people and Mm -hmm. allowing them to be 
uh, more self-directed um, in terms of what it is that they want to do or what they see as being the way they, they would like their career to unfold. I agree. Well, awesome. Thank you for listening to my article. I thought it was fun. I hope you did too. Yes, I did. <laughs> Good. And for all those listening, we'd love to hear your thoughts. If um, maybe you're kind of in the aging population, if you have some perspective on this, we'd love to hear from you um, or really anyone. If you think that this has been helpful or if you have ways that you've implemented some of these things to help you focus on future opportunities. We love to hear those stories. So reach out to us. You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com and you can connect with us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> at workerbeing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Awesome. Bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. 